the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thinking about health care these days? Well, you're not alone. And it seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor, and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. And here I am, Dr. Bill, your radio MD, coming at you on AM860, The Answer. And you can reach me through my website at drbillradiomd.com. Click Listen Live or join me. And you can also reach us on the website for the station, am860theanswer.com. We are an iHeart station as well, so if you're roaming around today, bring me up. Take a listen. I don't know if you have your iHeart on. If you don't, you probably can't hear what I'm telling you anyway, but this is interactive talk radio, so you're welcome to call in and join me at 877-969-8600, 877-969-8600. Well, I've got a special guest today, Dr. Ken Redcross, but before we jump into that topic, which is going to be healthcare related, I want to say a few words about the uh, recent school shootings and the mass violence that seems to be epidemic. And I have said before, and I will say it again, the that we demand that the state and local jurisdictions enforce the laws. And the laws are very clear. Violent threats are illegal. You know, let's arrest these shooters before they act. And there's just absolutely no excuse for a lot of these shooters getting away with what they've gotten away with. I also think we need better screening of gun purchasers, including asking parents if they have a teenage son in the house. And we need to have that teenage son vetted also. Now, I know this is uh, going to smack of interference with our personal freedom and rights, but I think that self-protection has to come first. Thirdly, we need to harden the targets. So at the schools, we need to lock the doors. We need to have... Uh, a security check where you walk through like you do at the airport and it scans you for metal and we need to have the police where the risk exists not out giving tickets to people who are doing 10 miles over the speed limit we need the police where the risk exists we also need to train doctors lawyers teachers and other professionals how to recognize at risk individuals and let's intervene early So I think that that's important. The pediatricians and the family doctors and those who see adolescent males, young adult males, occasionally I'll see one. My practice is generally older folks. Cardiac problems are not common in young people. 
we need better reporting and awareness by all. So we have to have our radar up and we have to be willing to call the the authorities and say, look, this is a problem and we're going to have to press them. And the authorities need to know how to respond to these reports. Obviously, you're going to get a lot of calls coming in whenever there's uh, uh, an announcement that there's been a kidnapping or some kind of crime has been committed and they're looking for tips and leads. But I would not think that calling in and saying, I'm concerned about my son or I'm concerned about my classmate is going to overwhelm the police. Part of the problem, too, is their intake personnel. You know, if you ever call the police department, at least in one of our jurisdictions here, you might as well be calling the moon. I mean, there's very little emotional response. There's very little interaction. Not quite sure uh, what I'm going to be connected to. And I tell this story to people all the time. I was cruising down 275 one day, and it was pouring down rain. And this guy on a motorcycle, he gets off at 54th Avenue North. I was headed towards Tampa. And he slides out. He, his motorcycle goes out from underneath him, and he skids, and the bike skids. And I tried to call the police uh, uh, to get some help. And that they passed me from, I don't know where, Tampa to St. Pete to Gulfport to the moon. I never, ever did get anybody to tell about this. By the time... All of this had transpired. The guy had picked himself up and picked his bike up and moved on. So I guess he wasn't hurt, hurt too bad. But this is a real problem. We also need to hold professionals harmless from civil prosecution for reporting at-risk individuals, just as we hold physicians and lawyers harmless if they report somebody they know who is impaired and driving a car or is unsafe to drive a car. If we report that, in all jurisdictions that I know of, then we're held harmless. That person cannot come back and say, well, you violated my rights and you uh, breached our doctor-patient confidential relationship and you broke the HIPAA laws and all this. If you hold me harmless, then I'm going to be more likely to report. And that goes with doctors and lawyers and professionals, social workers, so on and so forth, psychologists who interact with people who might be at high risk for committing one of these heinous crimes. So we need to stress to the professionals that we will hold you harmless and make sure the state laws are in compliance with that as well. Let's allow the schools, businesses, and public venues more authority to screen, report, detain, and harden their sites. I mean, look, if you got a kid coming into high school in hot weather in a trench coat, Something's not right. Come on. Come on. This isn't right. You know, let's make the kids get into uniform. Let's make everybody a little more uh, uh, consistent and uniform, not only in their actions, but in their appearance. And I know we've got this huge thing on the left where personal freedom is so important, which just means anarchy. And then they wonder why we have these school shooters. Well, if you tell people, oh, it's a lifestyle choice to wear a trench coat in the middle of the summer. Come on, this is not a lifestyle choice. If it looks out of place, acts out of place, dresses out of place, talks out of place, guess what? It's out of place. You know, come on, we've got to be able to recognize us and say that we are safe with us. And us means that there is some uniformity. No, we don't have to all vote Democratic or Republican. We don't all have to wear Nikes or Keds or 
Adidas, it doesn't matter. It's not that big of a deal. But when you're going to school, this is a job. This is a job for the kids and the teenagers. And when you go to school, you need to dress for the job. The job is you go there to learn. You go there to interact and to socialize. And so if you're going to a job, let's say you're working in an office, there's going to be a dress code in most offices. I mean, you're not going to be able to go in in a tank top and a pair of shorts. Not in my office. I mean, that would upset the patients and it would be unprofessional out of place. Everybody has to wear decent clothes. Now, on Friday, we have come as you like day, but that doesn't mean you can expose body parts. Uh, it doesn't mean you can show your pierced belly button. It means that you can come in blue jeans and uh, a, a nice shirt and be relaxed and enjoy. That's okay. But I mean, really, there's not a whole lot of difference between the way we dress the rest of the week. The staff wears scrub suits or nursing outfits, and uh, that's that's how you dress if you're in a doctor's office. I wear a coat, a jacket. My wife wears a white coat. I have a button-down collar most of the time. So this is a job. Going to school is a job, and you dress for the job. So let's get everybody a little bit more in, a, in line here on this. And, and I'll, I'll leave it at that, but I want you guys to think about this. I've posted this on my website, drbillradiomd.com. And we need to push, and we need to talk. So tell your friends and neighbors outside of the Tampa Bay area. Tell your legislators. Tell your officials. Tell your city and county officials that you want all of this enacted, and you want it enacted right away. Let's stop these kids and young adults before we have more deaths. And I'll leave it at that, even though I, I, I hate to go. I love talking about this because i, I got to tell you, I think that there are a lot of things in here that are going to be very helpful and good if we do only take this to heart and get it to the proper people so that it can be implemented. Now, let's, let's talk with Dr. Ken Redcross. Ken, are you with me, bud? Hey, Dr. Bill, how are you? Good, man. So what do you think? We're going to stop these school shootings wow. or what? L let me tell you, and I, and I really mean it. This is the perfect day to talk about this. This is Sunday. I feel like I just got preached to and, and got preached to well. Um, I have to really commend you, Dr. Bill. You, you took on a very big topic and a very emotional topic, especially for someone like myself who has uh, kids in school. And I worry. I worry about something as simple as going to school. So I appreciate you tackling this this morning. Yeah, and you know, Ken, my, fortunately my son's out of high school. Um, I did put him in a private school when he was second or third grade, and he stayed mm -hmm. there through high school. It was a Naval Academy prep school. It's called Admiral Farragut, one of the, mm -hmm. one of the really great prep schools in the country. And, uh, you know, I, I was so uh, impressed with the way they handled the kids. I mean, they set the boundaries really wide now. If they got into a scuffle here and there, that wasn't a big deal. But if they stole, if they vandalized, if they acted mm -hmm. out sexually, or they brought mm -hmm. alcohol or drugs onto the campus or weapons, they were gone, I mean, immediately. And, and for me, that was so important because my son, he's a little mouthy, and, uh, and that's okay. I, I step back and let him be mouthy. You know, you try to beat that out of a kid, you're just going to make a sociopath out of him. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. 
he got into it off and on verbally, and I got called to the office a lot of times. But by the time he was a senior, everybody on campus loved him. He was a good guy. He was a peace lover. He never picked up a gun. He never broke a window. And I don't know if you've heard of this uh, this theory, the broken window theory, that Mayor Giuliani, uh, when he was mayor, he implemented. You're from New York City, right? Right, right. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, he implemented the theory, and it wasn't his theory, it was a criminologist who said the broken window theory, if you let people get away with minor vandalism, uh, with graffiti, with doing these things, especially young kids, young guys, they're going to say, well, if I can get away with that, I'm going to move to the next step. And, you know, that's just human nature when you're talking about young boys and teenagers, young adult males. I mean, if I could get away with something... I'd go to the next step. Why not? I mean, you know, that's testosterone and and uh, enculturation. And but at any rate, let me get away from all that. I'm 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 going on and on and on. Let's let's hear what you have to say, Bud. We're talking about pain today. Yeah, yeah. In fact, we were talking about we're talking about pain, Doctor Bill, and we're talking about overlooked pain. And, and you know, even with some of the topics that you're talking about, even though we're talking about garden variety pain that we're Physically, there's a lot of pain that goes on emotionally and spiritually for people as well, back to the topic that you were saying. But, yeah, today I just wanted to make sure that we touched upon some of the things that we just kind of push through and overlook, which could really, you know, be a problem over time should you should you not address them. I agree with you. You know, there's a lot of people that come in and they have multiplicity of problems. I, mm-hmm. Of course, being in cardiology, I see a lot of chest pain. And, you know, a lot of this comes from cervical disc disease, degenerative disc yeah. in the neck. And I'm no, sure you see so that. Does. No, we do. And, and I see it quite often as well. Now, one of the things that we don't recognize is that we're all attached to our cell phones. And that's one of the bigger problems. Yes, we all need it. But, you know, there is a syndrome called text-neck overuse syndrome. It's a long word just to say you need to make sure you get off your phone so much or at least adjust the way you're holding your phone in your hands. You'd be surprised, Dr. Bill. Sometimes we're on the phone for hours in this weird position where our neck is flexed, and then you get a patient that comes and doesn't really understand why their neck is bothering them or why they're getting some, some numbness and tingling down the arm. Yeah, and uh, I tell people uh, when they come to me, uh, and I'll say it to, to the audience as well, if you're having problems like that, you need to see your physician and, and insist that you get a neck x-ray. And if that's abnormal, you, you, you may need an MRI, but you also may need to understand how to appropriately utilize a phone. You can get an earbud, you can have yeah. hands-free, yeah. and you can also do stretching exercises and uh, physical therapy at home, which is pretty simple to do. I mean, you can go online and find a lot of these physical therapy programs for neck and back pain. No, you're right, and they're quite effective, too. And like you said, they're simple. They're literally like kind of pushing your neck to one side a little bit, pushing to the other side. The other thing that I find helpful is since you're using your cell phone, I tell patients to, why don't you set your alarm? Set your alarm for every 45 minutes because you can do that so that it rotates, so that 45 minutes you kind of unhunch your shoulders, you think about what you're doing, and you kind of uh, stretch your neck a little bit so that you don't get some of the problems that are so common with cell phones. Yeah, and I tell people, look, if you're working at a desk or you're on an airplane or you're somewhere where you're going to be seated for long periods of time, get up and move around some. Do a little yeah. uh, do a little stretching exercise. Do a couple of toe touches, and it's uh, it's no big deal. You'll feel better. You'll be more focused, and you won't be as stiff and achy. 
No, you won't. And, you know, we, we, even though we mentioned the cell phones, you get the same kind of problems, or at least I noticed, Dr. Bill, at some of these, um, at these offices where they work. And so that's why they created that kind of standing desk. It's so funny. It looks like kind of crazy when you're walking into a room, but that sort of thing is huge eliminating some of these musculoskeletal pains we get at work. We spend almost 15 hours a day sitting, or some of us do at least. If you think about it, you have an eight-hour workday. Then you come home. You may watch the basketball games that are on now or some golf, and that's another three or four hours. And before you know it, you've been sitting all day long. So I love whenever I go to offices and I see those kind of stand-up desks as well because I'm always trying to alleviate some of that overlooked pain that we don't pay attention to. Have you used one of those? I've seen them advertised, and I've thought about purchasing one, but I don't know. Uh, my, my desk, I, I've got a huge amount of paperwork on my desk. It's actually one of those L-shaped. But have you tried one of those? Are they uh, are they really functional? Can you can you fit much on them, or are they pretty small? You know, no, you know, actually, it's a pretty good size. The tough part for me when I was using a colleague's desk because I was in his office, actually, I was making a house call over to him. The only problem to me is I'm a little tall. So you have to make sure you do all this adjusting and so forth. So when you adjust it, I, I totally love the fact that I'm not sitting when I was there. I was only there an hour or so. But the point is, it was kind of cool to use. And so if you're really a desk worker and you're there eight hours a day, I totally see the benefit of, you know, getting up. And even if you have to sit again, but standing is a big, big deal. I don't know. It's just making me feel like I was a little healthier than just sitting all day long. Yeah, I uh, I tried some of those uh, ergonomic desk mm-hmm. and chairs uh, back in the 80s and 90s where you're you're kind of semi-kneeling or you are right. kneeling and you know they were comfortable but uh they didn't seem very practical you know just there wasn't a lot of workspace but if you have something where you can stand up and work that would be great and i've seen those things they you can work sitting down and they also adjust coming up uh, and you can find these things on amazon or uh search oh, the web sure. oh, yeah, they're everywhere they're everywhere. They're easy to find. What are they running? What do they cost now? What are those a couple hundred bucks or? Yeah, exactly. They're not too expensive. And you know, what you're finding is that a lot of companies are recognizing like, you know, we have a more productive workforce if they're not out for some of these musculoskeletal injuries. Um, so they're actually giving a lot of perks and benefits to having a better, and as you mentioned before, ergonomic workstation. Um, it's a really big deal now. And even some, some businesses will have certain departments that are literally set up to make sure that um, that those who are working there are not having some of these nagging aches and pains. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I always uh, the Japanese are an amazing people. They, they get a little uh, – they get a little too focused at times and think they can take over the world, but but they have some really good things that they do. And a lot of the businesses, the employees have to exercise and stretch every morning or after lunch. They also make all the kids brush their teeth after after the uh, lunchtime recess when they come back to class. So I think oh, there are awesome. some things. Yeah, I think there's some things that businesses can do. And uh, if you tell people up front, this is part of being a, an employee here that. We're going to have stretching exercises, and there's no smoking on campus and all those things. And so everybody has to go out and do some Tai Chi or some uh, some kind of uh, well, I love that. movement. Yeah, I think that would really help. And, you know, that's a good idea for employers to try and implement that. I, I agree with you. It'll cut down on work-related uh, injuries and cut down on workman's comp, cut down on claims. It'll save people money, save businesses Absolutely. money. 
Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of companies that are doing just that. They're actually giving incentives for those who join the gym. They'll set up a gym in the building. And if you join the gym and you go in a certain amount of times, I have a colleague who goes there. He's able to check in. And when he checks in, there's, there's, a, little, there's a little perk at the end of the month as far as his insurance premium with them. So it's kind of cool the way that I think we're understanding the importance of, of health in our workplace. You know, as Americans, we love to work. And so it makes sense that if we're going to work, let's at least try to stay healthy while we're going to be there. Yeah, well, my problem is I like to work and eat, so I'm going to have to do something about number two. <laughs> number one is good for me. Number two is not so good. I was down in the uh, in the workshop yesterday. I'm setting up uh, downstairs. I was making a, a dolly for a 250-pound barrel that I'm rolling around and working with. But uh, So I love to be active, but you know, then I say, dang, I've been down here a long time. I think I'll go grab a snack and, you know, right. before you know and it, then, you've got then it's all done. No, that's, <laughs> I'm terrible for that. But, yeah, it's it's really a good thing, and I would encourage all employers, if you're listening, to implement this, no matter how large or small your business is. Give it a shot and oh, see yeah. if it doesn't help. It's really a, a good idea. No, you're right. And the studies show it increases productivity, and you want a happy workforce. A happy workforce is a productive workforce. So absolutely, it doesn't matter how small your business is. You want workers happy and healthy. Well, what I've done is I've put everybody, including myself, on, on Prozac and Paxil. Oh, my. <laughs> so if we're, if we're, Look, we're all happy. We all got smiley level. faces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. So, hey, listen, I... You know, I see a lot of heel problems. I have a lot of patients come in, of older patients, and, you know, they've, they've got heel pain and, and pain on the bottom of their foot. Are you seeing much of this up in your neck of the woods? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The springs. You see, here in New York, well, actually a little bit everywhere, even though you're down in Florida, so you don't get it as bad as we do. But we had a horrible winter, so everybody's kind of been locked away. And now that the spring is here, forget about it. Everybody's out and about. And you're right. One of the most common injuries that I typically see are, are foot injuries. And when you mention um, as far as how we address foot pain and how common I'm seeing it, you know, we call it runner's heel because obviously, you know, runners are out there and they're pounding all day. So it makes sense. But it's called plantar fasciitis. And I mentioned the actual term because it doesn't only happen in runners. It's a little poorly understood while some people who are not runners can kind of get it. But the point is, it is very debilitating, um, especially when you're walking. You tend to get the pain when you start walking, and then once you kind of get going, it goes away. Hence, it's easy to kind of ignore. But when you stop, believe me, you feel this sharp, tight sensation in the foot, which can be debilitating for so many people, especially this time of year. Yeah, I see a lot of uh, older people, too, in the yeah. practice, and they come in and they have uh, – we see Canadians. Uh, we have like a general medical clinic for Canadians and visitors. Mm -hmm. We we troll for that, and we've created a pretty good following. But they come in and mm -hmm. they have heel spurs and they have plantar fasciitis. Right. Plantar means the bottom of the foot. Fasciitis. There's like a tough uh, nylon membrane mm -hmm. that is uh, covering the tendons and the muscles that are. Uh, underneath the skin and the fat, and this becomes inflamed. Why? Because it's uh, it's a living membrane, even though it's tough and nylon-like. It gets stretched. We get older. There's trauma, weight bearing, and when this becomes inflamed, uh, you, you've got a real problem. You know, it hurts oh, and it's gosh, hard yeah. to walk. 
Oh, we, very, we have very a couple. Difficult. Yeah, we have a couple of things we can do. We can inject locally with some cortisone. Uh, there's also, I think, a, a sound wave machine that some of the podiatrists have now that they use on it. And uh, occasionally, you have to have the podiatrist or the orthopedic surgeon go in and work on the heel, get rid of the heel spur. But that, or they that's can make problem. some orthotics too. You know, some yeah, of the orthotics, orthotics. can get over yep. the counter can make it a little easy, which is the for the plantar area, which I think everyone's familiar with. But there's also some support you can get for the heel. So you're right. Luckily, there's a there's a lot of ways that kind of kind of skin the cat when you go with this. But don't ignore it. It can become a very chronic problem. Yeah, you know, the poor man's uh, orthotic is. Uh, things like the Spenco inserts, and a lot of people don't know about Spenco, S-P-E-N-C-O, mm-hmm. and I don't own stock in the company, but I use the, the inserts. They're the best inserts that I have found. Uh, I don't like those Dr. Scholl's. I don't like those gels. They, they drive me nuts. But if you're having just heel pain, then what you want is a high arch, and Spenco has some very high arch uh, cushion supports, which will take some of the weight off the heel. There's also the little donut and soft kind of things mm-hmm. for the heat. Uh, but there, there are a number of things that you can get uh, over the counter or through the Internet, and they work quite well. Uh, I've been using them for years. i got to tell you this, though, Ken. Something I'm telling all of my patients is avoid weight-bearing activity if you can. If you want to exercise, get a bicycle, get a stationary oh, yeah. bike, oh, yeah. go swimming, yeah. uh, you know, uh, do low impact aerobics, but you know, running, and uh, of course, this is going to be hard for you. Playing basketball with the guys, <laughs> you know, th- those kinds of weight bearing activities—they're they're tough on your feet, your knees, your hips, your back, your neck. Yeah, no, you're right. The good thing is, well, Bill, I'm realizing I'm too old to play basketball now, so I'm mainly just running around doing CrossFit. Like that's much better, right? But you're right, though, as far as that weight-bearing stuff, you got to be careful. You know, you want to do things that release as much pressure off your joints as possible. Um, you also want to watch your weight. In some studies, they were noticing potentially, and this makes sense, that those who were not at an optimal weight, obviously there was a possibility for having more uh, heel pain or plantar pain as well, and also those with flat feet. Um, so you're right. There, there are definitely some things you want to do. You and I both are obviously on the same page. We want everybody out there increasing their heart heart rate and staying healthy, but I just want to be smart about it, especially now that the, that the spring and summer months are upon us. Just be careful. Yeah, I think that that's important to, uh, if you're going to run, make sure that you have good shoes with lots of cushion. And uh, if you can run on a soft surface, that would be great. A lot of people yeah. run on the street and the sidewalks. If you know where there's a soft track uh, or there's some open uh, uh, grass fields, that's a, a heck of a lot better. Oh, you, yeah. There's a golf course, and they close down at 5. You know, you can run on the golf course. Uh, just don't tear it up. Don't run on the greens, please. They won't like that. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to come straight to you. Yeah, they'll get you. But I think that if you're going to run, be smart about it. I, I know one of my friends who he probably weighs about 100 pounds. And he's a skinny little guy. He's been running for decades, and he seems to be okay. He's in his uh, mid-70s now. But if you're lightweight, as you said, then you're going to have less stress. The more weight you have, the more effect gravity is going to have on you and your joints. Sure. I mean, sure. it's just yeah, it's just it's just simple physics. So if you can lose weight, great. And if you can't, well, go get some help. There's help available. 
No, there definitely is. And, and, and just be careful, more importantly. But I do want you out there increasing your heart rate. But you've already mentioned swimming is another great exercise. So there are some ways to still make sure you're getting your exercise in. But, you know, we're all getting older each and every day. So we need to think about how we can adjust our exercise program. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and osteoarthritis, uh, there may be a genetic factor. That's just the, the the garden variety bony arthritis. There may be a genetic factor, but a lot of this is just the trauma of everyday life. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and you know, if you're, if you're doing manual labor, then you're going to have problems in the future with your joints. And if you're out there running or playing uh, – weight-bearing activities like football, basketball, then if you keep doing it, you're going to have problems later in life. 90% of the people, I, my friend Pryor Smith, who was on last week, he uh, mm-hmm. was a big ice hockey nut. He's up in Canada, and uh, he ended up having his hip replaced uh, a month ago. He's doing really well. Wow. wow, good. And, you know, he said, I don't understand, Dr. Bill. Why is it just on the right side and not on the left? I said, are you right-handed or left-handed? He said, I'm right-handed. I said, well, that's that's the leg you use to push off yeah, on the ice. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the, the one you're you propelling with. That's his yeah, propeller. And that's the first one you put forward. So I think that people just have to stop and think a little bit about what they're doing to their joints and uh, modify, plan uh, their exercise around preserving Absolutely. their joints because that's a big problem as we get older. No, it, it really and truly is. And, and the thing is, it's interesting, is that we, we tend to get these pains with doing things that we love to do. Like your friend, he loves to play ice hockey. You have people who are runners who obviously love to do that. And so these are things that we enjoy. So as we touch on some of these topics today, realize and recognize that even though you love them, it doesn't mean they can't cause problems that you need to kind of be attuned to and figure out how you can get into our offices or at least give us a call so we can walk you through it. Yeah, and I think those cross trainers for people who can afford them, or go to the gym where you're 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 moving, but you're not pounding. You know, you're moving your right. feet and your legs and your arms. Those look like a pretty good uh, uh, pretty good mechanism to me. And some of the steppers I've used have been very easy on the joints. They don't. There's no uh, bottom to it. It's it's sort of a, a semi universal machine where you don't really hit anything as you go down. And I think those are, are great ways to exercise as well. I know a lot of people want to get outside, but uh, in the winter, in the north, mm-hmm. and in the summer in the south, you, you know, you may not want to go out. <laughs> you may not want to do that. Exactly. Especially down there with you guys. It could become sweltering and not so good, especially as you say, you deal with a lot of older patients. So that's something you, got, you have to be really cognizant of when the, when the summer months come. And I tell you, riding a bicycle is a wonderful activity. I, I've been riding bikes all of my life. Uh, and when I go to New York City, when we go to Manhattan, the family, they all take the subway to go somewhere. And I, I go grab a city bike, and I, I say, I'll meet you there. People say, are you crazy riding in New York City? <laughs> you know what? On some of the avenues, there are dedicated bike lanes, yeah, which are yeah. really wide. As well, if you think about it, during the day, in, in, at least in the Manhattan area, Anybody who's driving is going to be almost always a professional driver, either taxi drivers or limos. Not a lot of people drive around the city. You know, most people, they take the public transit. 
So I, I think that you can find safety, and even oh, in yeah. New York City, there's over on the uh, on the even uh, Times Square area now has bike yeah. lanes. And so it's on so the west side, right. there's a yep. really great bike trail that's elevated. Uh, you can ride through the park uh, through Central Park. It's fairly safe, and I think you can find these activities in most of the big cities now, where you can find places to ride. Uh, we have the Pinellas Trail here in, in St. Pete. Tampa area has a trail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Louisville, Kentucky has a beautiful trail down by the river. That's my hometown. So oh, there wow. are opportunities to ride. And if you just look, and there's even websites that are dedicated to trail uh, riding, bicycle trails, and you can get maps and everything. It's really a, it's, it's a wonderful way to, to exercise, to get outside. And you can socialize because uh, you can talk. And, Ken, speaking of talking, i got to take a little break here. My voice is getting kind of cracked. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is Dr. Bill and Dr. Dr. Ken, your Radio MD. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. President Trump warning Congress he'll never sign another trillion-dollar-plus government-wide spending bill like the one he did in March. His message to lawmakers in both parties, get your act together before the next budget lands on my desk. Lawmakers now agree on the need for budgeting day-to-day operations of government by the old-fashioned way. Weeks of open debates and amendments. We shall see. A surprise meeting yesterday between the leaders of North and South Korea. It is keeping hopes alive for an eventual summit between President Trump and Kim Jong-un, something Kim reportedly says he wants. Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, other Gulf states launching emergency preparations ahead of the arrival of subtropical storm Alberto. It's going to start raining on the land today, landfall for the first storm of the season, sometime probably tomorrow. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727 727- 7-3-8-4-6-4-1-1. Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments. So call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727-545-9674. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities. Not available in all states. Results may vary. Guarantees rely on the claims paying ability of the insurer. Producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity, what you don't know may hurt you. I'm Josh Melberg, founder and CEO of J.D. Melberg Financial. My company has raised over $2 billion in annuities, and when it comes to helping you maximize your retirement income, I've literally written a book on it, and it's called Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. And today, it's yours free. In this revealing book, I explain little-known 
revealing truths about annuity strategies in simple terms and unlock five secrets you should know before buying an annuity. Want to earn up to 33% more for life, guaranteed? It's all in my new book, and it's yours free. Call now, and I'll also give you a second book, The Number One Mistake Retirees Are Making in the Stock Market, and my free DVD showing you how not to run out of money in retirement. If you have 100000 or more, even if it's in a 401k or an IRA, call now. Call 800-732-1515. That's 800-732-1515. 800-732-1515. Affordable family fun is what you get with every Clearwater Threshers game at Spectrum Field. See the stars of tomorrow playing today in the Florida State League. There's lots of promotions, too, including Saturday fireworks, concerts, Dollar Tuesdays, Feeding Frenzy Mondays, Tijuana Flats Taps and Tacos Thursdays, and Brunch on Sundays. Find out more in the complete schedule by going to their website at threshersbaseball.com. Threshers Baseball, get hooked. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. We have a flood watch in effect through Monday night, high rip current risk in effect through Tuesday night, and a tropical storm warning in effect. Wind and rain from Tropical Storm Alberto. Flooding and isolated tornadoes possible today. High 85. Windy and humid tonight. Very cloudy with a shower, heavy thunderstorm, and a low of 76. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Holly Holdren for AM 860, The Answer. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. A little bit of Alice Cooper singing Wicked Young Man, which was uh, a song that Alice Cooper wrote after the Columbine shooting years ago. And uh, he apparently was, or the group was affected by it uh, and felt that they had to respond in some way, although they're kind of bizarre on stage. I have never heard that they're in any way violent. So this was a, a song about wicked young men and the violence they do and and their feelings on that which we talked about a little bit earlier and I you know I agree that that these people uh, can evoke a lot of uh, emotional response in us but I, I again think that rather than waiting for the deed we need to be proactive and we've got Dr. Ken Redcross on today and we're talking about different things that may indicate we have some problems pains and aches and Ken one of the problems I see are, are people who ignore belly pain. Have you seen this? I mean, I see people come in with ruptured appendix and hot gallbladders, and they, they just don't want to uh, take care of it, ulcers, gastritis. What, what do you do with these people? You know, it's interesting because you're, you're right. Those are, those are particular topics that require a whole lot of uh, getting into the office and making sure you're doing an exam. When you talk about abdominal issues there's so many different things that we can go with like you mentioned it could be a it could be a gallbladder issue it can be a colitis but you know what's funny though is that i tend to get that throughout all of the year but when it comes to like this summertime one of the things i haven't been that i haven't seen often at least is belly pain but i am seeing a ton of back pain and i don't know how much you actually see in your office over there i know you said you guys i think are primary cardiology and so forth but back pain is the thing that keeps us primary care docs incredibly busy. Yeah, my wife uh, is a nurse practitioner, and in oh, the winter okay. we, we, we 
we trolled for the Canadians, and we get a lot of Canadians and foreigners that come into the office, and they come in with back pain, and I also have patients oh, yeah. who complain of back pain, and you know we get them started on a workup and send them out to a specialist. But uh, it, it is a big problem. It is a big problem, and it can be very debilitating. It can uh, interfere with daily activity. Oh and, gosh, yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I, you know, what I see too is people who are morbidly obese. They they have many, much, you know, more and greater joint problems, low back pain, and they don't do as well postoperatively either. Uh, I, I know that there's a lot of different things that people are putting out on the market and appetite suppressants and vitamin therapy and crash diets and all this, but the only thing that I've really seen work for at least for a period of time in these people that are three to 400 pounds is the uh, uh, is the bariatric surgery where they cut out part of the stomach, the sleeve gastrectomy. Uh, but uh, th- this is something that I don't know what we're going to do about it, Ken. It's just, it's epidemic, and you get to a certain weight, and you just can't lose. I mean, it's just impossible. You get addicted to food, and, uh, well, and it just destroys backs and joints. You know, I think it becomes incredibly important. To, you had mentioned before is to make sure that we focus on that patient, Dr. Bond, because as I mentioned, even back pain, it's interesting. When you have a patient that comes in that maybe they have a, a large body mass index, you recognize that, okay, they want to do something as far as for their weight, and then obviously we want to do something as far as for their pain. But the problem I have there, Dr. Bill, is I'm not really big when it comes to taking NSAIDs, like the ibuprofen, the Motrin, and that sort of thing. So there's a place for those sort of things, but I'd like to talk to patients about going a little bit more of a natural route, especially... Um, with back and muscular pain, because that's something that we can really get huge relief. Now, I don't know if you've heard of Arnicare, but Arnicare is actually from a plant called Arnica Montana. Have you heard of that? I have not, so fill me in. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little naive when it comes to some of the naturopathic medications, although I see some of them working. Well, the reason why I love to, to mention this is that, number one, Arnicare, it's available over the counter, but it helps for pain, swelling, and bruising. And the reason why I'm mentioning it here is it's not an inset. It comes as a cream or a gel. It also comes in little micro pellets, but more importantly, what better way to stay closer to the earth? In order to get Arnica Montana, which is the plant, which is also called the mountain daisies, it's grown in the French Alps. So what kind of story is that to really think of something natural? It's even hand-picked. Um, and it's delivered within 48 hours to make sure of the freshness. But the important thing is that Arnicare works. When you think about it, when you have these patients who are getting plastic surgery, that sort of thing, Dr. Bill, one of the first things they'll give you is Arnicare because it helps for the bruising after, let's say, uh, a rhinoplasty, or in other words, a nose job, or even when your eyes are done. So when we're thinking of ways to relieve pain, let's think of something. Don't require a prescription pad or for you to have to go to the store to purchase something because you can have them all if you want to in your own garden even. And so there are some other things that that are plant-based that can make a big difference. So that's what I love to share with patients. How do you you spell that, Arnicare? Oh, A-R-N-I-C-A-R-E. Uh, it's a homeopathic remedy, and the other good thing about it is that it's been around for hundreds of years as far as Arnica, Montana itself. 
Um, and it's probably the most or one of the most commonly used homeopathic medicines in the world. And I love this because you and I are Western trained. And so when I hear these things and I see the data behind them, I get excited because so many of my patients are coming in and, Dr. Bill, they don't want a prescription anyway. They want to talk about some of these things. So it's great when I have something to say, okay, guys, I feel good about this. Arnica or Arnica Montana has tons of studies that you guys can feel good about. That makes me feel better, too. Yeah, it comes. I see it in the on the web here, and it it's uh, arnica is another way to look at it. Arnicare or arnica. I don't know what the uh, active alkaloid in it is. So I'll take a look at that, and when I have some time, and uh, yeah, mention that do. on it. Yeah, I, you know, I I I know that if we can go naturopathic, it's it's usually better, but not always. But uh, I also tell patients if they're on blood thinners like Coumadin mm-hmm. or Rosaralto right. or Eliquis. I tell them if, if you're hurting, you can use topical NSAIDs like uh, Voltaren gel, which is diclofenic sodium. I think there's uh, uh, some other topical gels. Aspirin. There's also capsation, capsation, okay. which comes from the, the hot pepper, which can be beneficial to the joints as well. So that's something else. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, capsation is an interesting uh, interesting uh, alkaloid. It it, it's if you eat it, of course, it burns your mouth. And what it actually does is it kills the tail of the nerve cells. Mm-hmm. If if you eat enough hot habanero or whatever kind of peppers that are popular in your in your culture, if you're from India or Mexico, and so you end up needing more and more. Now the nerve tails will grow back in in your tongue uh, once you stop, or I guess if you're raised with this you end up having your nerve cells become uh, accustomed to it. and they A little will... more desensitized, right? Yeah, yeah, and so they'll grow the tail back. Mm-hmm. But basically what this does is it just uh, it just uh, stuns the nerves and, no, it takes it away, and takes away the pain. It will not cure the underlying joint problem, but it certainly is a great relief. <laughs> if oh, you're yeah, having it's symptomatic. Pain. Yeah, yeah, you're it's right, symptomatic. symptomatic treatment. So, I think we have to, when we go for definitive treatment, we have to get back to physical therapy and stretching and, uh, if, if necessary, orthopedic surgery. But uh, I, I think for symptomatic treatment, and it's the same way with the NSAIDs, in general, they're not going to cure anything or stop any disease process. They're just going to give you some temporary relief, mild anti-inflammatory. Now, I've got to look at this arnica because it sounds very yeah. interesting. And oh, it I, is. Yeah, the website yeah. is arnicare.com. And the good thing is they give a lot of information on gardening tips because, like I said, it's funny. When the weather gets gets really good here in New York, everybody wants to get out into gardening. And so they don't only talk about the arnicare there. They give you tips on how to weed out your garden and how to be careful when you're gardening and composting. These are things that, believe it or not, I'm getting into um, myself, I love to cook, so I'd love to have fresh herbs on hand. So it, it's a pretty good website. It's a very good website. Yeah, we. I've been growing plants on the back patio. We're we're on the water in Florida, and since we're on the water, we had to build up 15 feet before the first floor. So our our backyard is Boca Ciega Bay, and we walk out on our deck and. My wife, she could kill me. I've got plants everywhere. I've got oregano, thyme, basil. All this those stuff. are all. Those are great ones. Any rosemary? Uh, let's see. I think I had rosemary. No, I don't have any rosemary right now. I have spearmint. Oh, that's good made, too, though. Mint. I made, is, yeah, that's great. 
you know, I made a great mint julep using my backyard spearmint with it for the derby this year. So that was a wonderful, it's wonderful to just be able to go out and snip off some oregano and crush it up and put it into the, into the pasta sauce and you get a little bit of uh, homemade flavor there. So it's, it's a good thing to have. I love plants. I think that they're easy to grow, especially Mm -hmm. the lot of the herbs so that's something to consider even if you're living in the big city and you don't have a yard you're living in a con- in a condo or an apartment uh, you can grow things in the windowsill no absolutely and in fact that's what i did when i was doing my medical training you're right i was in the city small little apartment and i had a I had a windowsill and i had a little bit of an herb garden um and i was able to grow a few of those herbs that you do as well and you know get the benefit of being able to kind of snip them off and put them into into your meals i mean i think we we need to all thinking a little bit more that way we were so much in a processed food world and and i think we all need to think about you know kind of going back to what our original roots were so that we can stay healthy that way well, I, I think that there are certainly things that we have in our diets that are not healthy for us. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. We, we could do better in a number of areas. I think we also have to be careful, though, to remember that the mass processing of food is what, what uh, the growing of food, uh, all of this that has become such a science is what has enabled us to go from, you know, half a million, half a billion people to seven billion people on the planet. <laughs> And so we, we, we can't just throw the, the baby out with the bathwater. We have to take a look at what we're using as fertilizers, as oh, yes. insecticides, and see if we can find things that are more specific. And I think we'll, we'll be okay. We'll, we'll find things. I mean, it's just like medicine now. The, the geneticists are, are figuring out so many new diseases, and there are so many mm-hmm. new treatments. I'm sure you see this, the, oh, the yeah, biologics absolutely. for cancers and for autoimmune diseases. These are all genetically engineered, so uh, we're, we're, we're on the cusp of a new era. No, a I think you're absolutely right. We're going to soon have what's, what's called personalized medicine, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners have already heard of. And can you imagine going into the office, I take your blood, and then I have something that is just literally created for you and for your specific problem? I mean, that's a beautiful thing to think about. Oh, yeah, I think that's a wonderful. I mean, uh, uh, it's, it's so exciting. Uh, when I was a kid, I don't know how old you are, Ken. You look like you're in your 40s. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm pushing 70 now, and so I grew up in the 50s, and my son and I were talking about this last night, and he said, Dad, have you seen anything that's science fiction come real, come true? I said, yeah, everything around me. I mean, these things in the 50s, Dick Tracy had a little wristwatch that he could talk to the station with. You know, it was like a two-way yeah. radio. Hey, you get not only... A, phone you get a computer on your wrist too if you get the apple uh the eye thing yeah you're uh, right i mean all all these you know we said oh genetic engineering i mean dna would was just uh discovered in the 50s or the late 40s and the double helix and so you're right but watson and crick in the 50s you're absolutely right it hasn't been around that long isn't that no and we've made such strides and you know i said are you are you kidding everything that is around me. Everything I do, computers, uh, the internet, uh, Skype, all, I mean, this is all science fiction back in the fifties. No, we it never really is. And, and anti-aging is becoming something that everyone's looking oh, yeah. for. I'm trying to look 30 in my picture. I don't want to look 40, Dr. Bill. So I'm going you to look 30. Good, man. <laughs> you look good. I mean, you're skinny and you're healthy looking. <laughs> 
I am doing my best. But, you know, the important thing is, and you had touched upon it uh, one time, and I guess I did too, was the importance of that patient, Dr. Bond. I have a, a book that will be out next month, Dr. Bill, which is the important thing for me. It's a passion. It's about the importance of that bond between the patient and the doctor because I think that not only helps for health outcomes, but some of the things that you were talking about, even with some of the some of the school shootings and some of those things, I think the importance of that relationship to realize and recognize a troubled child, taking your time to really get into their soul to find out what's going on, what's what's you know um, kind of um, bothering you, what are some things that we can address, and I think that can happen in our offices to where we can make a really big difference. So, like I said, I'm glad that you touched upon that um, as you were talking earlier about that relationship and what our responsibility is in the healthcare community. Yeah, it's very important to feel comfortable with your physician. A lot of the physicians are so busy, though, that they just urge you through. And we hear this from patients all the time because we're very upbeat and happy. And um, I try to make people feel like I'm there with them. And mm-hmm. your, doctor, your doctor should be able to make you feel comfortable when you come into yeah. the office. And I think that's important to, to ask that of your physician. And if you find your physician's a little bit stuffy or difficult to talk to, I would bring that up and say, you know, I'm, I'm not comfortable talking to you. Uh, you know, and they'll ask you why, and then you tell them honestly, but be yeah. diplomatic. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're people too. We need to be taught how to interact. That's not something that comes uh, naturally to everybody. Some people are better at it than others. The no, surgeons, you're right. You know, the no, surgeons right. may not be so great at it, but that's that's okay. We just want them to cut and sew. Right, right. No, you're absolutely right. And, and each one of us are, are different. That's part of some of the things that I point out as well is that, you know, don't be afraid to tell your doctor, hey, look, this is a good relationship, but I think it could be better. Or, you know, I'd love to communicate this way. Don't be afraid because I always say, and you'll hear me say this until I'm blue in the face, I think a doctor should feel like a member of your family. Um, and if you get to that point, then I think you start getting a lot of healing taking place and a lot of beautiful discussions. And so it takes time to create that particular bond. I recognize, but you're right. You can't be afraid to tell your doctor what uh, works best for you. Yeah. I think also we have to have realistic expectations as physicians. We are performing a parenting role in society, but that doesn't mean that we're your parent. So uh, we, we have to, when we go to the doctor, we have to be able to separate out that difference between you're, you're during the parenting role, you're telling me I need to lose weight or take my medicines or uh, switch my, acti- my exercise activities. But that doesn't mean that I'm your, your father or your mother. I, am, I can't be that. That's, that's, that position's already been taken. Mother Nature mm-hmm. saw that. So Patients have to have realistic expectations when they come to the doctor, too. But it's so important to have an open dialogue with your doctor, even if it's just for, you know, a five-minute visit. You can get so much done in five minutes if the doctor is focused and with you and if you're prepared when you go in to see him. And I, I see a lot of people come in and I say, when did this start? And all of a sudden they're telling me the story of the past week and, uh, I'm like, wait a minute, did your pain start a week ago? No, 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 it just started yesterday. Okay, well, tell me what happened. Give me some some more pertinent information. And some people are very good at this. They understand how to be be very focused when they give you their history Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. tell you their problems. And other people, they Mm -hmm. want to tell a whole story. Some people, that I, I don't think they can remember unless they start uh, way before the event, and you probably see that too. 
so you got to figure out how to help them along. No, you're right. And one of the things, and, it, and it's so funny because I think a lot of it kind of starts with um, the doctor and the patient kind of setting those expectations you're talking about. I talk a lot about, you know, setting up kind of a, a little bit of a sheet before you get to see me or to see the doctor. In other words, let's make sure that we focus on those three things that you want to address during that visit so that we make sure that we stay on task together and on mission so that when they leave there, everybody feels nice and happy and that we accomplish something during that visit. That's what makes me feel really good. And it feels good for the patient to get home and say, you know, I think Dr. Red Cross answered all my questions and I understand everything that's going on with me now. And that's the ultimate goal to be able to create what I like to call that patient nirvana and, and how we go about doing it. Yeah. And we also as physicians have to remember that we may talk in, in medical jargon. We need to not do that. We need to think about how to say this in terms that people can understand. Yeah. And people may need to hear it multiple times. They need they may need to hear it four or five times before it sinks in. Uh, that's You're just right. the, the nature of the beast. Uh, we are animals that need to learn, and we learn by repetition. No, we definitely do. And, and, and it's funny. One of the things I like to do, Dr. Bill, is when we leave, I like to tell the patient, okay, so what are we doing now? I like for them to repeat back yep, what we just kind of talked about and, and make sure they understand. Because if they can understand when they walk out, it'll stay there. Um, yep. You'll see some of these studies, and people will remember only 20% of what we just talked about. And then they'll get home and remember half of the information incorrectly. So and you want to make sure you focus. We're at the end of the show here, bud. So yes. uh, I agree with you. And uh, thanks for coming on. Good luck with Absolutely. your book. And we'll talk to you another time. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.